hear the word peace, what comes to mind? Do you picture sweet water as my husband and daughter would describe the best kind of water for water skiing would be sweet water on the inlet of the sound and it's just perfectly, perfectly still. Or for you is peace uh, the middle of a New York City chaos, which obviously if I use the word chaos, for me, the middle of New York City is not peace. Or is it something that you feel on the inside? Is it something that you feel on the outside? This is so important for us to really understand what our definition of peace is as we consider God as the Lord who is our peace. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. If you are joining me for the first time, my name is Lisa Pulliam. I am the founder of More To Be, and I am leading us through a study of the names of God using a particular resource I created called the Encounter God series. And in that resource, you get printable scripture cards and 52 weeks of uh, scripture verses that we are studying the attributes and the character of God. And so this is week nine, and we are looking at the Lord is our peace, Yahweh, Shalom. Uh, and we're looking at a passage from Judges 6, verses 23 through 24. And so we're going to dive into that and talk about that a little bit. But before we get there, I want to share with you a particular story. So for me, peace was something that was a core value that became really clear to me as a core value when I was going through the coach training course, which I actually now teach. And as a student, one of the assignments is to do a core value assessment. And when I did the core value assessment, peace was one of the top five things that came up in my assessment. But another top value that came up was also family. And at the time, I was really struggling because there was conflict with some family members. And so I was avoiding uh, certain situations to avoid that conflict and in order to honor this value of peace. And so I was having a core value conflict because being uh, in this particular situation lacked peace, but uh, not being in the situation lacked me honoring this value of family time. And so uh, in my training at the time, I was challenged with the question of what is that costing me? And another question I was challenged with, with was where does my peace actually come from? And, and it made me stop and really reflect on how Jesus is my perfect peace. Like he cannot be taken out of me. He is my source of peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And that if I continued to just strive after peace in my external environment, I was never going to find it. What did it look like to start recognizing that I had been given the gift of perfect peace from the Lord? and brought that into the environments that were chaotic for me. So I began memorizing a particular verse, Isaiah 26.3, which is all about steadying our mind on truth and that that is where our peace comes from. And I find it so interesting because when I looked up Isaiah 26.3, uh, I looked up the word mind and I wanted to see what the translation of that was. And it's the, the Hebrew word is yetzer, and it means not what we think it means. It means form, frame, purpose, framework, pottery, graven image, man, or intellectual framework. And I just thought how interesting that God likens us to the potter, that we are the pottery in the potter's hands. We are the clay in the potter's hands, uh, that we are the imago Dei. We are made in the image of God. 
So I want to read this verse to you out of the CSB translation. It says, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. Uh, in the NLT, in the NLV uh, translation, it talks about you will keep the mind uh, steady on you or steadfast. The mind that is steady on you or steadfast is kept in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. And if we then go back to what the definition of the word mind means, it's our whole being steady on God. And so thinking about that Isaiah principle, but going to our key principle, uh, key verse in uh, Judges, I just want to give this to you and have you think about what does this look like to take your whole being, your thought life, and your whole being and have it steadied on God studied on the truth. How does that change the way you face your circumstances? So um, the passage begins uh, at Midian oppresses Israel, and then the Lord calls to Gideon. And I'm picking up at verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joaz, the Aberzite. His son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Man, I would love for God to say I was a valiant warrior. Uh, Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about? They said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have delivered from Israel, from the grasp of Midian, I am sending you. He said to him, please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manassas, and I am the youngest in my father's family. Isn't this fascinating? So God is saying that Gideon is a valiant warrior, and he is saying, look, I am like the weakest, I'm the youngest. And so identity crisis for Gideon. So if you struggle with that, as I do, uh, we're not the first. Gideon already struggled. And then he said to him, if I have found favor with you, give me a sign that you are speaking with me. Please do not leave this place until I return to you. Let me bring my gift and set it before you. And he said, I will stay until you return. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat and an unleavened bread from the half bushel of flour. He placed the meat in a basket and broth in a pot and brought them out and offered them to the oak, under the oak. The angel of God said to him, take the meat with the unleavened bread, put it on the stone and pour the broth on it. So he did that. The angel of the Lord extended the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat of the unleavened bread. Fire came up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. When Gideon realized that he was the angel of the Lord, he said, Oh no, Lord God, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace to you. Don't be afraid for you will not die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is peace. It is still in Orpha of the Abirzites today. And so that word, you know, Yahweh Shalom, the Lord is peace is the name of God. And the peace that is being referred to is completeness, safety, prosperity, contentment, friendship with humans and friendship with God. A kind of, of, of peace that is a total, total, absolute peace. So if that is true and that word shalom for peace is the same as the shalom for peace 
Um, in Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep the mind. So remember, going back to what mind means, form, frame, purpose, framework, pottery, graven image, man, intellectual framework, that is dependent on you, God, in perfect peace, perfect shalom, completeness, safety, prosperity, contentment, in our friendship with God, total peace, for it is trusting in you. I mean, just repeating those words out loud to you as, as, I, as I film this and record this, I'm like, God, that is the peace I've been after my whole life, right? That is the peace that surpasses the conflict in relationships. That is the peace that surpasses the chaos that's in our world. You know, as I'm filming this, uh, there's been, you know, uh, report after report of the coronavirus that is hitting American soil and American cities on the East Coast and the West Coast. And there's an anxiety about that. And we can get caught up in that anxiety. I'm walking through, uh, like, I can give you a list of a dozen different trials in the last five days, just one thing after another, as I, I described to the more-to-be coaches, asking them to cover me in prayer, like, I just feel like I'm being slammed. And it would be easy for me to get caught up in anxiety and worry and fretting and fear. And yet I just keep on coming back to this principle of God, you will keep me, my mind, my whole being, my whole framework in perfect peace when I am dependent upon you and I'm trusting in you. And that is what Gideon saw and felt in his weakness, in his identity crisis, in his fear of what was coming ahead of him, he, he put a fleece really out there before God and said, if it's really you, show me. And God more than showed him. He became his perfect peace and his reason to not be afraid. And so I, I don't know if that is for you today. It's for me. And that's why I'm so glad that I continue to show up here teaching the word to you because every time I dive into it and ask like, that God would show me something to to teach you and give you from this passage. Uh, I, I am showing up as a student and grateful for the Lord teaching us together. So you can find the Encounter God resource at moretobe.com. You can join in listening to the podcast, uh, watching the videos at the moretobe.com blog uh, and continue to study God's word with us. Pop over to the More To Be Facebook page and our More To Be Tribe Facebook group and share what you're learning about the Lord is peace, our Yahweh Shalom. I'd love to hear what he's teaching you this week.